Hi. <laughs> My name is Calvin. I'm Latifa. And um, we are making a podcast. Yes. So right now, we'll probably be doing video and audio at some point once everything is worked out and situated. It's just kind of the matter of getting things situated. So we'll play along as we go. We'll just see how things go. Yeah, so I think, where were we? Um, we were... It was after the protest. It was after the protest oh. this weekend. It wasn't? Yeah, we're at that um, restaurant with the biker gang. With the bikers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I have been listening to podcasts because we're in quarantine. Um, True. I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, and it really kind of inspired me to do my own. I think we've both been listening to podcasts a lot recently, and I don't think either of us really knew it until very recently. And last weekend we were together after a protest, and we're like, you want to make a podcast? I like podcasts. I'm just kind of like, we're like, fuck. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so um, we haven't really had enough time to really like get all of the equipment. So we just have like my setup. If you are coming here from my beauty channel, then yes, this is like my setup with my background and my lights and stuff. Um, but one day maybe we'll get, you know, a good mic and stuff. Um, I think the name of our podcast, which was Kind of like everything else with this, not that the podcast is a joke, but it was kind of like a, okay, why not? It was a cupcakes at a funeral. Cupcakes at a funeral. Um, yes, yeah, so that comes from um, my aunt, who for some reason, someone had died in our family, and then she was like, oh, I'm going to bring cupcakes. Because if you are Asian, or especially if you're Hmong, um, when someone dies, you like bring something to the funeral, and it's like, it's kind of like a competition, but it's like not really, but it is kind of like a competition about like what you bring and share. Um, so she was like, "I'm gonna bring cupcakes, and the cupcakes are gonna be fucking fierce." And um, there were so many. Did we actually make cupcakes? I'm pretty sure they did. I think, I think we made cupcakes. Yeah, we did make cupcakes. There were like so many because I remember coming over, and I was like, "Why?" Yeah, so there were cupcakes at a funeral, and we were like, why are we bringing fucking cupcakes to a funeral? Like, this bitch just died. This bitch is cold we in the fucking casket. Is, so we don't know, so if you're not a bitch, I'm sorry. <laughs> she, she's in heaven or hell. She's like, Perhaps. No one knows. Maybe we know. Um, I don't know her, so. <laughs> um, no, and then, like, yeah, so we brought the cupcakes, and um, my aunt was like, you know, Funerals are all about cupcakes. So that's how we got our name. Yeah, and I feel like it's been an inside joke for... Jeez. Uh, we've been we've known each other for like 10 years. Ew. Latifa, you go first. Introduce yourself. Okay, well, I'm Latifa. Oh, I just said your name. What's <laughs> your name? My name? Um, my name's Latifa. I... I'm 24. I hate introductions. You know, like when you get to a class and like in college, you're like, I was going to say, <laughs> tell me a fun fact about yourself. And you're like, I'm not interesting. I'm not interesting. Yeah. What's um, your go-to fact? My go-to fact. Oh, my go-to <laughs> fact lately, um, probably within the last like year and a half is that I've seen over a hundred and maybe 120 people in concert. The last time someone asked me that, I was like, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, I like music. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I do like you music. Listen to like twenty. Songs. I listen to three artists, <laughs> the same twenty songs over on it's repeat. Ariana Grande, um, Megan The Stallion. She's like my new stan list. Okay, and I love Megan. Okay, that's two people. And um, yeah, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've seen over 120 people in concert. That's not relevant to anything. Um, unless it becomes a topic for something. I don't know. She's like bragging about it. Yeah, that's impressive. People are like, I didn't go to my that's first concert. That's a lot of money, I think. Eh, I festivals honestly went into a lot of it. I mean, and I, there are a lot of people I've seen probably like, I saw Beyonce three times. I saw JC twice. I've seen Tyler the Creator like six times. Um... But yeah, I'm 24. I'll be 25 at the beginning of next month. Um, I work at a clinic. I'm a manager. You know, um, I'm not interesting. <laughs> no. Um, my name is Calvin. 
and I am 26 years old. I can be 27. Oh, is it that fucking disgusting? <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, um, and I live in Orange County, California. We're but not in Orange County right now. No, we're not. Uh, we're in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and so I came back for this quarantine, um, and right now I work and um, in October when this job ends, I will be going back to California and reassessing if I have to stay or leave or what's going on. But Are you for sure like going back, going back? I have to go back. My, my car's oh, there. Cariana. My Cariana Grande is there. But I think, if anything, I'll probably like stay like a, for month the winter? Or, <laughs> a month or two maybe and then like see what happens. You know how many people in California have coronavirus? They're like over... There's like a lot. There's like over 600,000 like as of today. I wonder but what the percentage, though. Like, how many have it, and then, like, how many of the population is just there? Like, I wonder what the percentage is. All I'm saying is I would not, but go well, on. you're not me, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I one day hope to get my master's degree in entomology or conservation biology. Um, so we will see if that happens. If I find a sugar daddy, that would be ideal. So if you're listening... Um, <laughs> if you're offering, I'm taken. Um, I tried that route. I guess I'm not allowed to have a sugar daddy. Yeah. Like we both benefit. Like it's not, it's not one-sided. Did I tell you about the guy that tried to buy feet pictures from me on Instagram? Yeah. Tell the tell the people. Oh yeah. So my friend, my best friend, texted me. She was like, "This guy's trying to. He paid me." For pictures of my feet. She did like, it? She, yeah, she real? did. And he had her, she had him send the money to her boyfriend's Venmo account, which I was like, okay. And I was, she was like, you should do it. He'd probably, he'd definitely buy your feet pics. So she like sent him my info on Instagram. And I was like, is this real life? And he was like, do you get pedicures? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I got one yesterday. And He's then, like, nice. Basically, and he was like, <laughs> how much? I, he's like, what's your price? And I was like, $75. And he was like, for just a picture? I was like, I mean, they're clean feet. I have nice feet. I would think that I have nice feet. Um, but basically, I didn't go through with it because I don't. I couldn't find a, I couldn't find anybody to take a video of tickling my feet. And I know that sounds really shallow, and that's the only reason I didn't do it. Seventy five dollars is seventy five dollars, and like, I'm not gonna judge how people make their money. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna judge how people spend their money. Like, he's giving people money for feet pictures. I'm just benefiting. I don't think that's wrong, but. I think, Whatever. yeah. I well, tickling. Like, what do you mean? Like he was like, take have someone tickle your feet and send a video. Like tickle torture. That's like a thing. Yeah, and I was like, ah. what did he want you to do? You're like, no, stop. Like, I don't like, know. He did didn't he even specify. He didn't specify, and then he asked again because I stopped responding, and then he like blocked me on Instagram. So like, that opportunity. Well, uh, that bridge is burnt. That's okay. There's more people. There's more. Instagram is not over. A lot of the topics that we'll talk about and any of the suggestions that we've gotten have been very political, which is fine. I think that's kind of why we started because um, because we've been in Minnesota and we were in Minnesota when the George Floyd incident happened. Um, we just want to shed light on things that are happening still here um, within the community and mm -hmm. within the state. And I mean, people are still protesting all over the country, all over the world. Uh, but I think and not that it's lost importance at all, but I think that things are starting to get a little drowned out and people are kind of getting a little tired or are just kind of tired of things just dragging on and they're not seeing any progress or they're not seeing that there is progress. And honestly, within the last few months, there has been progress within the community, within Minnesota. Um, and just kind of wanting to share the stories of people who are here and kind of just sharing that and sharing that experience, but also talking about lighthearted topics too. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I can say from the last, what is it, August, and it's happened in May, three months, um, it's stressful. It's stressful to think about it all the time and talk about it all the time. And, I mean, we've had, I've had group settings where it's like, okay, we just need to talk about something else. Um, it's good that we've discussed this, but I need a break. So I think that that's really important to discuss. And I think it's, it's very important to open the conversation to people who may not share the same views and who may need some guidance on how to feel because I think a lot of people just think like the whole movement is a bunch of um, upset, unemployed, black youth 
wanting to loot and burn down the city, which not everybody, honestly not most, but it's definitely there. And I think that there's just a lot of miscommunication and misunderstood people on both sides, truthfully. Yeah, so we want this podcast to be fun, but we also want to talk about things that are current and talk about things that um, we want to talk about and things that we find important. Um, Something that I always talk about on my beauty channel is that I like to make videos and stand up for my demographic because my demographic is standing up for me um, which is why on my beauty channel sometimes I talk about racial injustice I think I just did a video on um, if you, have you seen like the fox eye trend? oh yeah yeah I did a video on, on that and that video is like doing pretty well but in that video I was talking about like how um, you know people make fun of Asian eyes but then suddenly like it's on trend and it's stuff it's a trend or yeah. even just being like tan like yeah, people. I talked about like blackfishing in that video too. Yeah, it's insane. Like you see all these people and all these like Instagram models, so it's like you. Oh, and I, they're like, huh? I'm like, stop that. But um, anyways, what I was trying to say is that like, yes, we wanted to um, just speak up for our demographic and kind of um, talk about issues that we think are really important. But we also want to have fun because we're fun girls, and. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I want to. We want to have fun. I just want to have fun. You know. We want you to enjoy what's going on too. Like it, we don't want this podcast to stress people out. Yeah. No, because to be an activist is very tiring, and like you have to take time to like, like um, I don't want to say be selfish, you have but to like self care. Yeah. Um, I think one of the leaders that um, goes to and organizes a lot of protests and speaks had posted something the other day and was like, you don't need a reason for a self-care day. Yeah. Like, you just, sometimes you just need to take care of yourself, but sometimes you just do it because it's something to do. You need to recharge. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, Calvin had just said, like, it is really stressful. I mean, I know um, the week of everything happening, we, I had gone out probably. Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about George Floyd. Yeah. Like, Kind of getting into that main topic. Um, Yeah. So, obviously, it's no secret George Floyd was a black man murdered um, by Derek Chauvin? Chauvin? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. White guy. Um, Yeah, there were four officers called to Cup Foods in South Minneapolis. And um, after, was it 8 minutes and 46 seconds of his knee on the back of his neck, George Floyd was pronounced dead. Um, And I did not watch the video. Um, the video came out very shortly after the Ahmaud Aubrey video came out, and I watched that video, and I typically don't watch these videos just because I feel like it's very desensitizing, and it kind of... Yeah, what's your opinion? Do you think that the, do you think that the videos like that should be put out and watched, or do you think that should be like, like a no Girl, go? listen. Okay, so me currently, I am... Um, my Facebook is on a short leash, okay? Um, I've posted something about Trump calling open season on people of Minneapolis because he was like, they start looting, we start shooting. I was like, bitch, what? And I was like, okay. And I made it my cover picture because I wanted people to know like that is what the president of the United States is doing. Uh And that got flagged. And then... Ooh, I get flagged too. Yeah, and people are like, and the thing is, these people don't want to talk to me about it. They would just rather flag me and like silence me, which is a whole different topic. No, um, I'm saying, do you think that, like, tragic videos, like, um, of George Floyd being murdered and, like, uh, Philando Castile, is that his last name? Yeah, Philando Castile, like, being Sterling, shot, all those people. Do you think that should be shared and watched, or no, do you think... No, I don't think it is. I think, well, it goes both ways. Um, no, I think it takes away the intent of, like, death is such a harsh, in in those cases, it's a very harsh thing to deal with and it's a very harsh thing to watch someone's last breaths on camera and you can rewatch it over and over again. That's traumatizing. But at the same time, if that video of Ahmaud Audrey did not come out, would those people have been arrested? Yeah. Then it's it's very, it's difficult. Well, because like, black death and like murder is not like entertainment. No, I don't it want, shouldn't be treated but like that. But sometimes it is viewed as white people as entertainment. That's why you have like people doing the uh, George Floyd 
challenge where they like take a picture of them like yeah, standing on their the neck. Two cops that were um, held the other cop in a headlock after the. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for not remembering his name. Elijah, Elijah McLean. They yeah, those yeah, cops yeah. got fired and things like that, and it's. It's just so desensitizing, and I feel like it takes away from that person yeah. being a person because that person within the next eight hours is a hashtag. It's yeah. a protest. It's a march. But there's something to be said about tragedies, tra tragedies, tragedies, tra whatever, sad things, and bad things that happen on camera. Because if you like look back at like Emmett Till, his mom like decided to have an open casket, and then mm -hmm. that whole story like blew up, and then. People really got to see like the, the um, the disfiguration of that kid. That kid, that that kid, Emmett Till, um, and that really kind of like started a whole movement. So I think that there is something to be said about George Floyd's video being so viral because it it is sad, but in a way, it really did set off a really like guttural reaction from shit popped off. Yeah, and has not stopped since. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that although I think that Black Death and like tragedies and stuff are sad and it's for the family to view that all the time on like the media channels and like on the news and on Facebook and people sharing it all the time, it's probably very triggering for them. That's something that still bothers me is because if you still watch the news now, the picture of that cop's knee and his neck is still one of the only pictures they will show of George Floyd. They're like, remember George yeah. Floyd? And it's the same thing. And it's like, why? It's been three months. He's had a funeral. You've, we have other pictures of him. It's not like that was the only picture of him that, that was in his life. But that's the only thing that's shown. And I think that desensitizes a lot of people. And that's what the media does to make you feel like they're not a person anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's I, I don't know. It's I, really I forgot difficult. what I was saying. Oh, sorry. Um, it, um, I think I was trying to say that it is almost like a, a necessary evil to view that mm -hmm. and like to have it shared because like like you were saying like it really popped off after people saw that video and it, it was tragic but it popped off right and it made been, a big difference right and things have and our people are really 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 pushing for change now and I think um, in the last few months, I know that there are so many places and so many companies and schools, like Minneapolis is like, no, we don't want police in schools, which they're still putting police in schools, just not naming it as officers and they're cutting contracts. And yes, the police are losing some funding, but it's like, it's the same thing wrapped up in something else. It's not any, it's a gift in a different bag. I don't know. There's some type of saying about it and I don't know what it is, but I'm getting at it's that okay. it's the same thing. It's just in a different package, and it's it's really disheartening to know that it's like we're trying to work, and there everyone's pushing for so much change, and then I think to have people just want to stop that or just not on board, which is yeah, I get it. Not all cops are evil cops. Not all cops are murdering yeah. cops, but. Well, okay, so just to go back a little bit, I did we finish explaining? So George Floyd was murdered, and um, if you don't know this story, then fucking call yourself Patrick Star because you're living under a rock, bitch. Um, Do you even watch SpongeBob? I love SpongeBob. My mom loves SpongeBob. Like okay, she actually. know, yeah, like she can quote like like that. Wow. I'm like okay, I stand. Mom. And she like will send me like SpongeBob memes all the time and, and like, like gifs and stuff. And so, yes, so George Floyd was murdered, mm -hmm. and then, what day was that on? That was uh, the Sunday before Memorial Day, or maybe the, it was that Monday, or, no, it was, I want to say it was on Monday or Tuesday, because I know that we went down to yeah. Hot Foods the day after, and the police were just kind of, um, they were just in the neighborhood because like very something barely tragic happened, they were worried about the neighborhood, and like what could happen in the aftermath. Um, and honestly, when we went down there, which is ironic because I got a promotion that day, like, I had a good day, uh, which <laughs> You're is, like, yes, promotion. I was like, okay. And then we went and I was like, nothing matters. Like nothing that's good to me matters anymore, which is not fair either. But we went down there and they were just occupying the neighborhood and everyone in that community was like, we don't need you here. Um, you've caused nothing but chaos. Like this is, is this in like the fires? Here. 
No, this was the first night, which there might have been fires. We left because it started raining and we took a motorcycle. Were you on Lake Street? No, this was like in front of Cup Foods. Like in oh, the okay, okay, okay. So I don't know Minneapolis very well. I know that. But like people started throwing rocks at cop cars. Like there was a cop car that was stuck in on the street and people were surrounded the cop car. And like I saw maybe 20 officers run in there with like mace. And then I saw 20 officers run back with mace. And I was like, what is happening? And like it was just so... It was just so, just, it seemed, everything that week seemed like a movie. Like, it did not feel like a real yeah. thing. Like, it's not, it's not something like, like, wow, I drive down the street, like, every other day. Or, like, I drove up, or I've passed up foods, or I've been in this neighborhood, and it's not the same thing. And it's just, the atmosphere is just so different. Yeah. So and then, that day, did you stay all night? No, it started raining and we were on the motorcycle, so we left because we were like, eh, we don't know what's going to happen, things could get dicey. But my brother and my boyfriend, Miguel, had gone out the next, honestly, the, every day the rest of that week. And I was like, I cried every day that week because I was just so hurt. Because, I mean, yeah. we watched this happen with Philando Castile four yeah. years ago. And I scream and shout for that. And I was like, why does nobody care? This is happening in our backyard. Like, that could have been my brother, that could have been my dad. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I lived at the time maybe three and a half miles from Cup Foods, which... Did you? Yeah, my apartment wasn't that far. I live on um, 66th. Cup Foods is on like 38th. You used to. She doesn't live there anymore. I don't, don't live there anymore. Her. I moved out. Okay, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I cried every day that week. Um, that Friday, I started going to protest what, more. What day did I see you then? You didn't move back until like mid-June. No, I was there. Remember? I was like, I'm here with Eileen and Boo Boo. Oh, and then I was, was like, that that I can't find you, so I went home. Focus, focus. Um, so I was... I think it was that Saturday. I think it was like, it was very recent. Saturday or Sunday. It was sometime that weekend. It was a weekend. You went down there. You did go there with Because I, I did go with my aunt and my little sister, and we cleaned up Lake Street a little bit. And then... Saturday. Okay, yeah. And then we came back down, and then there was a protest, and we saw... Um, Everyone like shouting. You were there, but I couldn't find you. I think you. I got there later. Yeah, you were there, but you came back later. Because Eileen's knee hurt, and then you guys left. Yeah, because okay, Eileen, my aunt, um, she has like a kidney problem, so um, her medicine makes her legs like hurt. Like she was mm -hmm. like, everyone had to kneel down. She's like, I can't kneel. <laughs> oh my god, I can't get I back up. Protest. Oh fuck! I brought shorts again. Every time I wear shorts to protest, I regret it because I'm like, I have to kneel every protest, and like my knee is just into asphalt. I'm like, this hurts. But I can't complain because I'm protesting and I have, I have, <laughs> you said flat. I have the privilege that I'm alive and I can't protest, but yeah, whatever, different conversation. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, ouch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was there for a little bit and then, um, that's right, because you saw the dancers for the first time. Yeah, we saw the dancers. Um, and that I actually was starting my new job that week. So <laughs> my new job is near the capital in St. Paul, and so everything shut down, um, and... Even more. Yeah, we were in the... We were... I was, like, there, and then I went back home, and then I got an email that was like, uh, do not come back. It's... Capital Complex is closed for the next, like, week or whatever, so don't come here. And also COVID, everyone's working from home. Right. Um, so it was a really s crazy period for me, um, and for the most part, I felt, um... I felt very guilty um, because I felt like I could be doing more and I could be like going out and like doing protests and like just being part of it. Um, and I think that's a feeling that a lot of allies feel is they feel guilty that they're not doing as much as they can. But one thing that I heard and one thing that kind of like helped me is that you find activism in your own way, if that makes sense. Um, and you don't have to be going out and being on the front lines and doing the protests if you, you can't don't need do to that. You can get shot at by rubber bullets if you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. You could be doing, like, if you're an artist, do art, okay? If you are a writer, then write a piece. If you, if you are a mom, like how my uh, coworker was, if you're a mom and you have a child, then stay home and you can repost and do stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. you can find activism in your own channel because activism isn't just one type of thing. It can be a whole bunch of other um, outlets. Sure. So, that whole week and that whole time, I felt really guilty because 
I was like, I could be doing more and I could be really out there with you and like with your brother and Miguel and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I, one, I don't want to get shot and I, two. It's scary. It, it's it's scary. scary. And like at that time, that was the first big protest. Um, so I was like, I don't know if people are going to get sick. People are yeah. wearing masks, but um, I was so like, I, yeah, it, there's so many people. I went and I was like, oh my God. There's so many people, but I will say that um, the statistics show that there's no rise in COVIDs after protests. Right. Because we're all outside and we're all wearing masks. For sure. And to so. kind of follow your point, um, I think that there is something, I don't know if it's a real thing, I call it protesters guilt, where it's like, even after you go to a protest, you still feel like you should be doing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I just spent four or five hours with all these people and like, you become empowered and you feel so passionate about things and then it's after, it's like, it's like, now I'm going to go to work tomorrow and like that's the reality that I that I live a lot of the time and it's it's difficult but at the same time it's like and we mentioned this earlier where it's like you need a break yeah and like you have, you to, have take to recharge break. yeah and there and, and you have to be safe yes okay. absolutely because we're still in the middle of a pandemic um, like I only see people that I know who are comfortable seeing me after knowing like I go to work every day I've been going to protest uh, my dad is high risk like I have to be very careful with my parents and it's just something that's really important um, and to kind of tie back uh, there's no right or wrong way to protest the same way that I said that kind of with like the looting um, which well, let's if, talk about the looting if you're gonna condemn looting and you can and you're condemning protesters for looting we're not we're not on the same page where I was like let me loot a Sephora child honestly okay the one place that you know I what saw... you know what my Dior Air Flash is $62. I would loot a Sephora. If if, if it was already broken into, I'd be like, I'm going in. Loot? Okay, sure. Because you're Sephora, my favorite place that got looted was an ATM in a bank. I was like, I'm a stupid bitch. I should have an ATM. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I'm stupid. But that's like so real where I was like, not, okay, I'm not saying that you should go loot. I'm not saying that. loot, but if you were, if you were going to... If like someone was like, you better loot. Right, because Target came out and said that they're like, Target was like, fuck, loot. Target. It's okay. You're the community, and you've been like, but think about all the people in the community. Bitch, you didn't I care like, about the community before. Fuck Target. You know, it's like, you would not, you would not, you would not stop on Lake Street. You would not drive down Lake Street, let alone be like, oh, what about the Target on Lake Street? <laughs> Girl, bye. Um, but I think, and honestly, I always say this if your child was murdered in cold blood on camera, for nine minutes, would you not want to burn a city to the ground? Oh yeah, like if I, if I go in that way, I would love to have you guys riot. Depends. Like I said, I would loot a Sephora, and I think that did happen. Did you say? You I feel like me? I sent a video about. I that. think you I don't like know. sent me a picture of Sephora like, being looted. I was like, getting this Sephora. Yeah, I was like, uh, where are my keys? foundation, eyeshadows, and lashes? Because you know, a fucking. Lily Lash is $30. Oh my gosh, foundation is so expensive. But... Okay, anyway. <laughs> not the point. It's back, back to looting. Um, yeah, so if you don't know Minnesota, um, on university, you can go from like St. Paul to like Minneapolis. Just Lake Street on... turns into... I forget what street it is. You could, Marshall? I don't know. I think it's Marshall. Because I took university all the way down and then I was at like Vandalia... Where there's like a... I don't know St. Paul. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that um, I think if you ask people if looting is wrong, I think a general consensus would say that, yes, looting and stealing is like wrong, no, like no. morally wrong. Um, but I think, and this goes back to what I was saying, is that I think that it was like a necessary evil that had to happen because the looting and the rioting really kind of like it pushed for the arrest it, it really pushed and it caused like an outburst almost like mm -hmm. a like a inciting moment that was like okay i will say this i don't think if minneapolis was on fire for those three days i don't think that they i don't would think so either those cops yeah and obviously it did some things but it didn't do enough because two or three of them got out on bail yeah and like i was saying it isn't necessary evil to riot and to loot and stuff um it's bad. It's, it's bad. Don't loot. But at the same time, I mean, I think that it really pushed for this movement. But I will say that um, in in St. Paul, there's this area 
called University Avenue, and in that area, it's kind of like a, it's like a lower income area. A lot of African Americans, a lot of like Somali, so, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of like uh, Southeast Asian, like Karen, which is like from Burma, Myanmar. Um, so in that area, they like looted the sun foods. Well, they looted sun foods for real. Yeah, they looted sun foods, and so sun foods had to close. And so in that area, it's a it's called a food desert. And so what that means is that there are no other uh, grocery stores in that area that serve that area. It's not an easy place. I mean, the light rail is there. The light rail is um, there. But like, at that time, I think public public transportation is shut down because of COVID and because of the riot the protesting the rioting the looting like a lot of things are just shut down so a lot of people are just kind of left yeah so so although although i think that the looting was kind of like a necessary evil it also like punished that community because now they had to drive farther to get groceries and also mm -hmm. they probably had to pay a higher price because sun foods is like an asian grocery store so everything's pretty cheap but they probably had to go to like a Cub Foods or like a Lund's, Target, or a Target which is fucking expensive. Okay, Target right. groceries are expensive. So in a way, it helped, I think, move the movement along, but it also hurt the communities. And I did a video on my TikTok explaining, and um, I was like, people are looting because they feel like they've been stolen from, they feel hurt, and they feel like they want to, um, they want to like them. take back what What's was stolen from them because in that area like lake street and um lake street and like uh university, university avenue um it is a low-income area and like it is especially university avenue is being very quickly gentrified mm -hmm. um there's like lake street too they've started to yeah like the light rail goes in and out and then also like they have a lot of like um senior high rises so i would argue that that area does feel like they've been stolen from because they are kicking out these low-income people and raising the rent around that area so i can see and i can i can imagine why they would want to loot and i can see why they feel like they would be stolen from and i forgot who it was but there was one lady who was talking about like the social contract and she was like oh god what did she say she was like the police broke the social contract when you, oh yeah no but i think i kind of know what you're getting at it's like well the police are, per per are supposed to protect and serve the community yeah but if you're not protecting and serving the community then what's the purpose yeah was, she was basically saying like the police have already broken the social co contract by not protecting people of color so i don't know what i was trying to say there i kind of get what you're saying or I don't it's know kind what of <laughs> that's it cut the video it's over <laughs> cut the camera dead ass <laughs> no but i think that's something to be heard because um, even Lake Street, Lake Street is so many Latino, like very small, like not very small, but a lot of small businesses and universities kind of the same way where it's a lot of family restaurants and it's a lot of small yeah. businesses. Like your family's business was off of university yeah. for years. Um, and that's something that was taken away. And I will say, I don't think a majority of the people destroying those communities were people in those communities. Cause yeah. like, why would you destroy the one grocery store that you have? Yeah. If that was your only grocery store. Well, and there's a difference between the looters and like the protesters. Oh, 100%. Um, I know that I would be at protests the first Saturday that I was out and the curfew was there. Um, we had occupied 31st and like by the by the 5th precinct um, over by that, um, by the TCF Bank and Kmart in Lake Street. Oh, okay. Uh, and I literally watched a girl walk in at 8 o'clock with a baseball bat and I was like, this bitch is not here to protest. Like, <laughs> she's she's here to steal shit. shit up. Like, and I was like, okay. Um, and like, the, okay, I freaked out that night um, because right. because that was the first weekend that they're like, no, there are white supremacists in, oh, yeah, 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 in yeah, the yeah, state. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, okay. And there was a curfew and I was like, okay. And we had gone with a group of people. Shout out to y'all. Like, I love you. Thanks for protesting. But I also was terrified for my life because out of that group, I'm the only black one, which, and I said this with my brother and I said this with my family too. It's like, at that point, the cops are going to look for people who look like they're going to cause look like they're going to cause trouble. And at that point, any little black boy or girl will do. And not that I didn't want to be there, but I was always like, I have a family to go home to. I have people that care about me. I don't need another right to start because I got shot or because I yeah. was injured or something was to happen. Plus, there's a whole other factor 
of all these white supremacists taking people in vans. There were there were a lot. Like I spoke to someone that lives in the Seward Seward community. Oh yeah. Which is on like Franklin East Franklin Street, and they were like, yeah, I'm a part of the community watch, and like that week was crazy. Like we had alarms going on and off, and like mm-hmm. we had we would like watch like these white supremacists like store like supplies in like the bushes. Like they were like, oh yeah, I have yeah, a, a um, like a gallon of gasoline in the bushes that someone put there. Um, yeah. So it was like it, it was a real thing. Like you see on Twitter, like all these, um, like these like Twitter updates of what is happening. Like that's it, oh, real. Like, it's real. It's not like it's a fake Twitter account. This is stuff that was like actually happening. For sure. And I think I mean we had friends that were living in, that live in South Minneapolis, and they were like, we sleep in shifts between our neighbors to make sure like nobody's gonna burn down our houses because there were a couple houses that were hit. Um, and a lot of people were displaced because of the protests and the looting and the rioting, not necessarily intertwined, but a lot of people were displaced. And I mean, we're, it's, like I said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, a lot of people can't afford their rent. I know that I had joined a Facebook group where people were like, um, I can't make rent this month. Can people donate? And that was a big thing. I know that I had raised money. Um, yeah. over like $2,000 to yeah. be able to go to Sam's club and like donate to these communities. Um, and it's just something I forget what I was getting at. Um, just you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's just there's so much that's been impacted, and that there's just so many people who want to help, and yeah. they're going through a lot. And it's not necessarily protesters too, and people who care about the cause, but don't necessarily want that want to play that part. But it's just, I don't know, I feel like there's just so many variables of everything that's kind of going on. And Yeah. And this is a random observation, but when I was, like, walking down Lake Street, I could tell that, like, people were mad, but they weren't mad about, like, the people that lived there, like, their neighbors. Because if you walked, like, one block down, all the residential houses were, like, untouched, and they were, like, mm-hmm. fine. The only people that were causing problems in the residential areas were the KKK people, like the white supremacists. So people are not mad at like the neighborhood and stuff, they're just mad at the system and they take that anger out on like the big companies like Kmart and like the Target Target, and stuff. But they're not not actively trying to like fuck up their neighbor's shit, you know? Right, like why would you, why would you mess, why would you light your neighbor's house on fire at the chance that they might see you just run back into your house afterwards? It, like, like your neighbor's house on fire, <laughs> your house catch on fire. Right, like it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And I know a lot of people are like, well, people just want to start shit on fire and they want to fuck shit. I'm like, yeah, me too. I like to play with fire, but I'm not lighting buildings on fire. Like that's completely different. And people are upset. People are outraged. I mean, you think about it, the last 400 years in this country, this country was built on racism and yeah. slavery. And my biggest thing is that looting, protesting, and all of that, um, that's the American way. That's how America became yeah, a babe. country. Like, how do you, like, you think the Boston Tea Party was, like, an actual tea party where they like, let's discuss um, breaking Yeah, bitch, you think that when fucking white people came here, like, the land was just free and, like, there was nothing here. We're like no, it was land. it was native land. It was native like, land. Hello. You think about we literally fought England to become our own country because we did not like the way that we were being represented and the way that we were being treated by them. The same way that Black Americans, Asian Americans, Latino Americans are fighting the same way, and white Americans too. Like I think they're, which I would say is very different that I see here in the Twin Cities than a lot of other cities is that a majority of the protesters here are white. Yeah, they are. So it's even like- They're white and like young. Right. Well, I see some old people too, I guess. There are, uh, there are a lot of people of color, but because of the demographic and just yeah. the population of Minnesota, a lot of the protesters are white. Mm-hmm. So to even in that statement, how would most of the looters and most of the people causing all these riots be people of color? Would most of the protesters are white? Yeah. Like that logically just doesn't make sense either. Um, and people have been arrested who are white, who insinuated the, the guy that got, the yeah. umbrella guy that got yeah, arrested. Yeah, that umbrella guy. He was And there was, like, this video of, like, these two girls, like, um, like, fucking up a Starbucks. And the black girl's like, why are you doing that? Because yeah. when people look at that, when, okay, here's the thing, is that, like, 
when people, how can I explain this? Um, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say, so I can't really explain I, it. I want to say that, like, when people look at that and they see, like, that fucked up Starbucks and with, the, like, the BLM on it, they're going to... Are talking about the Starbucks that wrote the ISIS on the girl's cup, though? No, not that one. Okay. I'm talking like, about... That one can burn. I'm talking about, um, this, there's this video, there's, like, two white girls, like, spray painting a Starbucks with BLM. Oh, yeah, and they're and like, like the, why would you do that? You look yeah, like you're the camera woman, us to do it. Yeah, the camera woman is like a black woman. She's like, why are you doing that? Because now people are going to blame us. And so what I'm trying to say is that when people, when people see that, they're not going to associate, they don't associate Black Lives Matter with white people. They're going to be like, oh, that's a black person that did that. So mm -hmm. obviously these black people are crazy out here and they're just fucking shit up. Um, so the white people that are doing that don't get blamed. And I wanted to say something else, but I don't know how to explain it. I think that's something that's really important with allyship. Um, and I've had my own issues internally with this where um, I have a very diverse friend group. A lot of our friend group is Asian. I mean, we have Latino, so Black. Diverse. I know. Uh, uh, a I have no people. white friends. So. I have a couple left. <laughs> a couple that, left that I no okay that I like talk to on a regular basis or like if I needed something or I wanted to talk to somebody that they're yeah there. I have like probably one just one I feel like you have a couple maybe of you're white just not friends? yeah maybe yeah, you're just not friends with them anymore I feel like oh. I've met like a couple of your white friends from like LA yeah like that's like one that's like two who's the second Jeff oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh well okay. he's like half native. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay, so he don't count. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something that's really important with, like, allyship is that... Yeah, let's talk about allyship. You have to be careful of what you're saying to represent the people that you are advocating for. Um, I give a friend of mine a lot of good credit because he is a Hmong man from a very big Hmong family who is dating a black woman, and he advocates for Black Lives Matter yeah. so hard. And I think in... You can speak on this more than I can, but like I know that speak I've experienced it. racism from the Hmong community, which is okay. Ooh, speak on it. <laughs> Say their names. No, we don't have to go there. But and I She's think scared. No, it's not. I'm not gonna get into it because it doesn't. It doesn't matter because this could go really. Say it. I think that it's a, it's a community, and a lot of Asian communities are like this. Where and I have a lot of theories on this and why it's this way. <laughs> Conspiracy theories. No, I don't think it's a conspiracy. A lot of like it's a fact. No, I think a lot of Asian people are racist because a lot of Asian refugees are sponsored by white families who are like, oh, don't hang out with the black people. They're just gonna get you in oh, trouble. Okay. Or like, don't hang out with Latino people because yeah, they yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's a good, and I could be wrong. Um, that's a reason why a lot of Asian people are racist. Latifa is half Indonesian. Oh yeah, so like I'm Asian too. So it's like. Colorism is a real thing in any community, honestly. Um, but I'm half Indonesian, so it's like I'm not speaking on things that I don't know about. Like yeah. I have, my, some of my mom's friends have co commented things, and some of my mom's friends yeah. are Trump supporters, and I'm like, Oof. you know that you're a Muslim woman in America that's an immigrant, and <laughs> Trump would deport your ass, yeah, 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 real yeah. quick. But please continue to tell me. Like, anyway, so yeah, so I think it's okay. So. It's important to know that one of the um, officers was a Hmong man. As I was saying, one of the officers was a Hmong man, and um, I don't know, it, did he just stand there? Yeah, a lot he of people... He didn't like actually He go wasn't on him, there, right? and I think that's a lot of the issue, and I think that's a really big issue that people are wanting to speak about, is that why are cops not condemning bad cops? Yeah, because Derek, the main guy, was like on... Uh, George's neck and then there were two other ones that were just like holding him down and then the Hmong officer I think he was just like watching. He was just there. He was, he was just to there. Sure people weren't gonna do anything yeah else, but it is it speaks to his complicit behavior that he didn't say anything and he was just like you oh, know. That would be such a good topic you talk about the toxic um, atmosphere and the toxic brotherhood of police. Police. And, like, oh, yeah but anyways uh, that's another TED talk. Um, yes, but he was a Hmong man. I think I've said that like five times now. <laughs> he was a Hmong man. If you man. don't know. 
<laughs> he was a man that was smart. Yeah. When I had to do a word count, and yeah. So we go back and take a shot every time he says he was a man. Yes. Anyways, some of you will. I know you will. Okay. So I'm trying not to say it again. Um, the opposite <laughs> was very. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So. <laughs> Basically, he was complacent and he didn't do what should he didn't step in. Yeah, so a lot of the uh, a lot of young Hmong people um, Really support the Black Lives Matter and I Chris uh, Which is You guys won't know but it's one of my very good friends brother um, Went to a protest and basically he had like a sign that said Hmong Hmong people for like Black Lives Matter. Oh, I've seen so many like that and it's just yeah. so it's and the thing the thing is that like if you don't know, and not a lot of people will know this because Hmong people are so, um, it's a small community, but Hmong- it's a small community? Well, in terms of like America? Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it's like a small, not a lot of people know about Hmong people. No. Um, so, it's a very, very tight-knit community and they've always felt like they've been wronged because in, in history, the Hmong people fought for like the secret war and the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and so when Vietnam fell, it was always a promise to the Hmong people that the Hmong people would like be refugees and come back to America. But because it was, um, it was a... Because America sucks. Yeah, because it was a, um, a contract between the CIA and the Hmong people and not the, the government. Um, that kind of promise fell through and it, so it took a lot of convincing to the American public and also the government. Um, to actually bring the Hmong people over. And so the Hmong people basically felt like fucked, fucked over. Because they were like, we fought this war for you, we did all this stuff and you're not gonna bring us back to America. So Hmong Americans have always felt like this type of way of like, America is gonna fuck us over. And we Ooh, have to like stick us topic. up. Generational curses and generational like, um, Trauma? On, yeah, like putting things on to like future generations because you feel like you're wrong. Yeah. Just a whole thing. Yeah. Um, anyways, so it's a big thing that Hmong people have always felt like they have to stick up for one, one each other because like no one's going to stick up for them. So in turn, that has made the Hmong community very, very tight-knit. And so when Hmong people, especially older Hmong people and Hmong people that are anti-black, which could be young people as well. I've seen a lot of young, especially Hmong men, you want nasty Girl, I saw some of your statuses and it didn't mean nothing. Okay? Yeah. Um, they view an attack on an individual as an attack on the whole community. So when they see people talk about, his name is Tu, if you want to be white and say it like that. His name is Tu. When people started attacking him, Hmong men and Hmong elders and like the Hmong people who are anti-black, viewed attack on two as an attack on the Hmong community and that's why they are so riled up and stuff. But couldn't you say the same argument for black people who are upset about George Floyd? What do you mean? Because it's like an attack on the black community who just took a black man's life. So like if, I mean I think this is something that happens if a black person is killed by the police, most if not all black people are enraged and they're like why is this happening? Kind of the same way the Hmong community is like why is this happening? Why are you attacking him? The same way it's like why aren't you advocating for him? Why aren't you advocating for George Floyd? You know what I'm saying? No. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, the Hmong people have, like, they felt like some type of way. They were like, oh my god, like, um, what I'm trying to say is that there is a divide between anti-black Hmong people and Hmong people that support Black Lives Matter. Because the anti-black people and the anti-black Hmong people will view me saying Black Lives Matter as Hmong lives don't. Which is... Which is insane because I can be an advocate for someone else but still stick up for my own community. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that there is a lot of anti-blackness in the Hmong community and I'm not... Well, I think I know where it stems from. Um, but... What was I saying with that? I don't really know. I think you're saying with like the officer, a lot of people felt that they were yeah. attacking him because he he was like a minority Hmong. and he's Hmong and they were like, oh, don't attack this Hmong guy. He didn't do anything and 
and but doing nothing caused yeah, but his doing death. nothing caused his death, and I like I think a lot of monk elders view Black Lives Matter as saying that like oh only Black Lives Matter and that's it, no which one is, else. Which is so crazy, and I made a post about this um, a few week a couple weeks ago, um, where I had said like there's nobody that's more actually all lives matter than people who are black lives matter because it's like yeah you start from the bottom and you work your way up like if anything was to benefit or anything any good outcome of this was to happen to the black community it's going to it's a trickle down effect it's going to happen to the latino community it's going to happen to the monk community it's going to happen to the native community like we're all fighting and i mean i've been to protests and i think you've probably heard too like if you have protests it's like um black lives matter here Hmong lives matter here native lives matters here trans lives matter here like it's most things that are that we're fighting for are for equality for everyone. Black Lives Matter is just a very blanket statement. So when people are like, "Well, you just care about black lives. What about white lives?" and I'm like, "Yeah, cops are really killing white people too. You don't care about that, right?" Hello. And I think something that happened really recently is that little boy that was killed by that black man, and people are trying to be like, "Well, how come nobody's protesting about this?" And I was like, "Well, that man got arrested for killing that little boy. Those cops were not arrested. There are so many cops who are." let go and aren't charged and aren't go to jail for killing all these people and it's like the justice system works for a certain people and the justice system doesn't work for people it works for the police system yeah and that's not the way a government should be running in my opinion yeah and and just to go back of what i was saying what was i saying about the officer in the monk community yeah um here's the thing is that i am very privileged and when I say that I mean I have never lived in like a low-income area I've never lived in um, like North Minneapolis and I've never lived in like Brooklyn Park not like to shade them <laughs> but like I've never lived in a low-income area and I've never had to like struggle I went to like a private school for my middle school and my high school um, and so what I'm trying to say is that there there are tensions between black people and Hmong people. If you really think about it, in, like in the Northeast Minneapolis area, there are tensions between obviously two communities of color that live in a, in a low-income area that kind of like mm -hmm. uh, cross. So there could be tensions between them, like gang tensions or just whatever kind of tensions. But the thing is that Hmong people who are anti-black view their interactions with black people as negative and they try and like piece together this narrative of like oh she was mean to me and she was black and he was mean to me and he was black so that means that like black people are All mean. All black people are like that. And yeah. I think that there's a, a lot of argument in a lot of this especially for a lot of refugee families where it's like your family's been here for generations and like I'm trying to make it and you're trying to make it but you have more time and you're still not making it. So for you to be complaining doesn't make sense. Like, I've come from a war-torn country, I've come from this, and I still can be successful. Why is it so hard for you now? Well, yeah, and then what I was trying to say with that is that, like, you, mm, okay, I cannot, like, because I'm, I'm privileged, I'm not like that, I, I don't know what it's like to live like that. I can't go to that monk person and be like, your feelings are invalid. Like, you're angry, if, if someone's angry, they're angry. I right. can't be like, you're angry, you shouldn't be angry. Mm -hmm. Because that person, it is Your a fact. Your feelings are always valid. Yeah, it is a fact that their feelings are valid and that, you know, black people were mean to them or whatever. I can't deny that and I can't change their mind to say that you shouldn't be mad about that. Because they will always be mad about that. But what I'm trying to say is that that's your anger is like misplaced like you shouldn't be mad about the fact that this black person was mean to you and like bullied you and stuff you should be mad at the fact that like america has taught you to like to feel that way towards to them. feel that way and towards it's, them yeah. it's one thing too where it's you can be mad at that person but you can't be mad at every person that looks like that person like yeah. that's that's stupid that's displaced that's um displaced aggression yeah displaced and aggression? i just wanted to say that like Saying, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I wanted to talk about how people say all cops are bad, and I think that's a valid statement, but saying, if I'm an anti-black Hmong person and saying that like, oh, she's black, she's mean to me, and that's, he's black and he's mean to me, 
that's not the same as saying that all cops are bad. Because I think that when people, specifically for me, when I say that all cops are bad, I'm not talking about the fact that all cops are mean and out to get you. I'm talking about that the system that they're in is inherently teaching them how to be bad cops. And how to get away with things. Yeah. I'm not saying that, oh, they're bad cops, like, oh, they're mean and they're out to get me and they're going to, like, you know, give me a ticket and, like, fuck me up and shit. I'm talking about, like, there is a systemic problem in the cop culture that allows them to be toxic and allows them to learn toxic methods and ways that's not changing and you could be a good person and go into this but you could still come out as a bad cop because you're learning bad practices so i think for me when i say hey cab i think that's what i'm talking about is the fact that the system is teaching you how to be a bad cop I'm not to, i'm not saying that like you're a bad person for being a, a police officer and i you think you could have made better career choices but yeah <laughs> well and i think that saying a cap is not the same as an anti-black person being like all black people are bad because right. i'm talking about in that instance an anti-black person is talking about stereotypes when i'm saying a cap i'm not talking about You're stereotypes talking about the system, i'm talking about a people. yeah a it's system different not no i get it and it's kind of um something where it's like if if you were to say say like a black person latino person whatever the case is was mean to you it's like they weren't mean to you because they're black they yeah. were just mean to you so like, they were just a bitch yeah and like that has nothing to do with the race like that's where it's something where it's like it's unnecessary to bring up race in a situation yeah. but to be like well they were racist to me because i'm this i'm like well that's different that's a real thing but to be like well i don't like black people because i've had bad i've had yeah. bad experiences it's like with every with every black person, every single black person you've had a bad experience with that exists in the world, you've had bad experience. Well, yeah, and that's what some white people do too. Is like, oh, this black person was mean to me, that one was mean to me, that one was mean to me. All black pe people are mean to me, and then they go out and when they see white people like tagging stuff with BLM, they're like, well, look, black people are crazy. They yeah, are mean. And it's mean. like you can't. And I, I know. I, and I so that like reinforces their like thinking, even though boss. the black person didn't do that. It was like two white girls. And I will say this. If you, and this is with any community, if the only people you are around are people who are just like you, the same race, same, same religion, same ethnicity, same anything, same, um, I don't want to say class because we're not really like a class system, but like same income, same city, like if, um, but if you are only hanging out with people who are like-minded like you, you will never gain perspective. You are never going to gain the yeah. perspective that people are different. Like. I think that's something that is a struggle, um, and maybe you can speak on this too, is that people of color are tired of being the represent, you like, there's no reason that I should be the advocate for black people because I'm one black person. The same way it's like, oh, you want to be the black George Clooney. I'm like, why does there have to be a black George Clooney? Why does there have to be one person that represents a whole population? Like, you don't look at Brad Pitt and you're like, that's the white guy of America. Token like, white guy. Yeah, and like that's not a thing. But if it was me, it's like, oh, but you're black. You can stand up for every every black person. Yeah, and that's something in the Asian community, the Latino community. It's like, why do people of color have to be better people, be advocates, be? Why do black people have to be great? Why can't I be average? Why can't I just be okay? Why can't I just be getting by? And I think that's yeah. a very deep-rooted thing, and that's rooted in kind of in racism too, where you look for an outlet and. I think, I mean, I've seen this on like on Facebook where people show that, what is her name, Candace Owens and those twins who are mm -hmm. like like black Trump supporters and they're like, look at these black people, they believe what I believe and they try to justify it as if like that one black person is supposed to represent the entire black oh, population. Here's the thing, girl, here's the thing. <laughs> I saw on, um, on TikTok where, like back in the day, you guys, I used to watch this YouTuber called Cute Girls Hairstyles. Okay. Of course <laughs> and it's basically a mom and she, like she does hairstyles on oh, her, her daughters. Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember this one. Yeah, and like so she has two daughters, Brooklyn and Bailey, who are older now, and they're like they have their own child they they have their own channel. Um and so they were answering questions and they were like uh the question was, Brooklyn and Bailey, are you conservative? And they were like, We don't want to get political. But here's the catch, y'all, is that um they have two adopted uh, siblings, a younger brother and a sister that are 
black adopted. And so I just wanted to say that saying black lives matter is not like a political statement, uh -uh. okay? And I think that people are trying to make it a political statement to say that... Liberals are crazy and yeah. we like to loot and burn shit to the ground because we're angry at the government, we're anti-everything. Yeah, no, but that like really set me off because I was like, they have, they have two siblings that, you know, their lives are like... In, could it's be gonna in be different. It's just different it's for different. them, and you aren't educating them on what. Just is imagine, the imagine being like, "Yeah, that's my brother and sister, but I'm not gonna stand up for them. Like, if they get shot, then like, whatever. I don't want to be political." Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I was like, like, "Are you fucking stupid?" Okay. And that's a whole other topic, and I don't want to get into it because I feel like that's. Okay, fine. Let's move. Okay, on. No, no, no. Okay. We're moving on. Because <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, History, you guys. We're gonna get doing a history lesson. During that time, the police decided to cut off roadways to more affluent areas like Beverly Hills and like Century City and whatever. Because you gotta protect the money. Because you gotta protect you gotta the white protect people. Your own neighborhood. And so when the black people started riding, the only place that they could ride and like break the only shit place up they could get into. was K Town. And so that whole um, racial tension was exaggerated by the fact that the police and the government did not want black people to ride in white neighborhoods and so that caused a huge racial tension between Asian people and black people and so if you really think about it anti-blackness and like the tension that is between us is manufactured by white people and the fact that they just want to protect whiteness and so they pit two like races and ethnicities against each other. Right, and it's, and I think you might be able to speak on this too, where it's like, I believe, and I've seen it myself, where like, LA is a very segregated city. Yeah. Like, it's just already very... Oh my god, yeah, like, I was like, I was scared. When I first moved to Orange County, I was like, where are all the black people? I haven't seen a black person I've never seen like any black people months. in LA, and that's not I'm really looking for them. There's no black middle class in LA, but that's a whole other thing. Go to Compton. That's not middle class. <laughs> I mean, it oh, can be. I was like, what like, is middle class? I don't know. I don't know, but like, it's just like there's. There like, are no black people in Orange County, you guys. Right, and like it. I saw LA, like one. LA is a very segregated area, and it yeah. has been, and it has been because of gangs, and it's because police and just the government sets that up. I mean, that's why um, East LA is like mostly Latino, and you have Koreatown, you have Little Armenia, you have all these places where it's like you have all these people segregated and closed off. And because of that, it's encompassed where those people are only with like-minded people. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, they're only with the like-minded people that they're around, and that itself just breeds those toxic and just wrong beliefs where it's... You don't learn anything from that. And I think that that's something that needs to be broken up. And, I mean, Minneapolis and Minnesota is really good at putting little ghettos in, like, clusters of cities, and you'll, like find a couple rough blocks in some neighborhood, but then like the rest of it looks fine, so you don't think it's bad, but then you drive somewhere else and it's like, oh, it looks fine, but the next block over, it's like, oh, this is not fine. So I think that's something that's really difficult too, but I feel like with Latasha Harlins, it was like that girl, oh, she was like nine? I don't know how old she, she was. She was like super She was young, young. she was a kid. And like, shock runner got off, like they didn't. Yeah, that's why people were pissed, because she like got, she Well, got the off. riots started because of the Rodney King riot. Yeah. Because of Rodney King and the aftermath was that you're gonna kill more black people? Like that's not, well not Rodney King didn't die, but if you are already outraged and then for it to come even more on a harmless little girl, like there's no reason a little girl has to die, even if she was stealing. Yeah. Like she stole a soda. Like what are you, she stole a Sprite? Like get over shoot her? Right, and it's like I get that you're protecting what's yours, but at the end of the day, was that Sprite worth more than her life? I guess is what you um, try to fight. Yeah. It wasn't. You have the question. It was not. So. It, it was not. Sprite. At least a Coke. And maybe a Pepsi. Not a Pepsi. Uh, oh my gosh, Kendall Jenner. I'm try. I'm traumatized still. Yeah, she said, I have a Pepsi. I actually prefer Pepsi over Coke though, because I think that Pepsi's sweeter. Pepsi is sweeter, but that's why I prefer Coke. And I think that Coke is like, um, it tastes like a little bit more. Okay. No, like <laughs> bitter. Not bitter, but there's something like tangy. I don't know. I just like Pepsi because it's sweeter. Gross. I thought we were friends. <laughs> okay, whatever. End of the podcast. We can't do this anymore. Um, I think 
Should we end it there? Do we want to get into we the have, topic? I mean... we Yeah. I have a question, which I told Latifah. I mean, there's so much more to talk about. We'll, we will keep going. Um, but I think we're at a time limit right now. Yeah, I feel so like we have we, to this is a good starting point and this is a good... Did I say a place to start? But I just said starting point. <laughs> he was a mug man. <laughs> but I think this is a good intro to kind of how we feel about things. I mean, if yeah, you yeah. thought it was going to be conservative, I'm sorry. Not, I don't even want to say conservative because it's not political. It's just real facts and real experiences and real things that are happening. So uh, it's not. Tasting my lipstick. I'm gonna put back on. Okay, anyway, um, it's just, it's not a political thing. I think that this is a really good intro to kind of see what we're gonna talk about. I don't want this to be something that's all political either. Yeah, let's or do something a fun topic. It's so, very hard. So, Latifah and I are, have been like deciding on a, the format. So, we kind of do like a light topic and then a heavy topic and then a light topic, topic again. again. So it's like a sandwich. Our closing topic is. Do you think that we can harmonize? Are you? Are we actually going to try to harmonize on camera? Like, okay, there's like this part in... Um, the problem theme song? No, there's a oh. part in Rain On Me where Ariana sings like a, a harmonizing part to Lady Gaga's part. And I don't think that we can do it. Because I, I think, know we can't do it. I think that like, I think that if we hear one another, we'll sing the same I thing. I was in choir though for like a long time. Yeah, so you were in choir, could... but... Neither of us can really sing though, so like. Uh, Let's listen to it, because I don't think we can do are it. Are you gonna get copyrighted for this video then if you play? Um, I think if you like play like a certain amount. How come TikToks don't get flagged for using music? Because TikTok is like Instagram, like they have like a deal with it or something. Stupid. I think if you play a little bit less than fifteen seconds, it's fine. But I'm just better hope so. It's this part. Wait. It's this part. Oh. No. Another inside joke of ours is us trying to harmonize the Proud Family theme song all the time, so we weren't able to do that, so there's no way I'm gonna be able to sing. Who are you trying to be in the harmony? I'm Ariana! You can't sing that high. She's not singing that high. I guess she's not. Well, I can't sing like Lady Gaga or Ariana Grande, so... Yikes. I would rather sing like Tony Braxton anyways. Um... So the answer is no. We can't harmonize. Can you harmonize? Can we harmonize? Oh my gosh, we should start a girl group. A girl group? <laughs> so why do you bring back P. Diddy? Maybe not. Ew! Just kidding. <laughs> Ugh. He does not know how to- oh my god, Danny Kane. Thank you Ow. for ruining Danny Kane for us, P. Diddy. You know what? Waste, <laughs> you know what? Wasted my time. That fucking, um, uh, pussycat doll searching for the next doll. Oh my gosh, what a joke. Because it was all Nicole Scherzinger anyway, so like, what are you replacing? She like, okay, they like did this whole thing and my this favorite girl was, um, my favorite girl was Melissa Reyes, who I was like Filipina. Oh, and then like, so at the very end, they chose like this girl, her name was Asia. And then at the very end, they were like, she's actually not going to join, she's going to do a solo career. But then, they never- What solo career? I know, they never launched a solo career, so I was like, okay, so I just watched that for nothing. Cool. It's kind of like any season of Flavor of Love. Oh my god, that'd be such a fun, that would be a fun topic episode. Our favorite reality shows. Okay. <laughs> There's so many. Alright. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>